Welcome to the Power Couples Rock podcast, where our mission is to build a collective community of marriages, where we encourage, inspire, and support one another in order to have masterful marriages. We're Carlos, Catherine, Chris, and Sonia. Please check us out, powercouplesrock.com, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We believe that one of the most amazing legacies we can leave in life is a great marriage. So we hope you'll listen, learn, and love the conversation. Let's power up. Good day, Power Couples. This is Carlos and Catherine Green of Power Couples Rock. Hey, what's up, Power Couples? Hey, Power Couples. We are excited. And thank you guys again for listening to our podcast. We hope you all have enjoyed the all of the episodes that we actually have out there. But I tell you, the one that we're getting ready to do now, we've been trying to set this up probably for the last three to four months. And we finally got the opportunity to sit down with this dynamic couple all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's Music City, your yeah. hometown. Give Woo-hoo. it up for Nashville. <laughs> That's right. But this couple is doing some amazing things here in the way of financial literacy for what turns out to be for children, but it's actually applicable for adults as well. So you don't want to miss this podcast. So I want to formally introduce our guest for this podcast is Mr. Courtney and Miss Tia Hale. Say hello to our Power Couple Rocks community. What's going on, Power Couples? <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> I love it. This is, a, this is a great couple. So we would love for you all to introduce yourselves and then the organization that you all have actually founded and is building at this point. And this is our couples in business together. Yeah. I also, before you jump into like telling me about your business, I want to know who you are, like Carlos said, but we also want to know like how you all met, how long you've been married. You know, we need to get a little flavor flay for our power couples out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So um, I'm Courtney. I'm Tia, uh, of course. All right. And I'm the, the chief hope dealer of Knowledge Bank. <laughs> and I am the chief's hope dealer right. of Knowledge Bank. <laughs> as far as uh, marriage and all, so we've been married for 11 years. Yeah. We got married when we were like, five (laughs) sounds like seems like Uh, we have a pretty interesting story for how we um got together i'll let tia provide the detail all right so we were natives of nashville and so we knew each other in high school but it was just kind of a you know friend of a friend like hey you know sort of thing we went to tsu um both of us and there was this class that i was just trying to work my way out of because i was a healthcare major and um there was this business class that i just did not feel like I needed. And um, that was BIS. And I walked in and saw a familiar face. And that face was Courtney's. And so I was like, oh, I'll just partner up with him. You know, I don't know where this is going to take me. Um, but anyway, we had an assignment and we were supposed to bring zip disk. That, that shows you how we right, right, yeah. yeah, we were supposed to bring <laughs> zip, zip disk. disk. And, you know, my upbringing, my mom's always like, be overly prepared. Right. So I brought in two zip di- disks. Courtney had zero. <laughs> So he needed me (laughs) more than I knew. Right. So he needed me. And so the zip disc um, was kind of the start of of us dating. And um, 
that turned into seriously dating and and we married a little bit after graduation. Yeah, yeah, like a couple years after we graduated from college, we got yeah, married. We got and married and so we've um built our family. Our families were already they already knew each other. We didn't really know, so it was like you know, bringing him over to mom. And she's like, who are your people? You know, like, they who's your family? That, you know? right? <laughs> like, and so he's like, oh, my mom, you know, tells her, her mo- his mom's name. And she's like, what? We went to high school together. So our parents, so your with, our moms went to high school together. Yeah. yeah. And so she was like, oh, I've been knowing her, you know, and I was like, did you, did y'all like each other in high school? Were y'all friends? <laughs> she was like, we were friends. And I'm like, good. So, we, you know, so families merged very easily. Um, grandparents lived on adjacent streets growing up. Yeah. I mean, it that, was, that part is crazy. It's, yeah. It was kind of like, huh. We had all always been a part of each other's lives and just didn't know <laughs> and it. And just didn't know it. So, yeah. So here we are. Um, how, how long, long did you guys date? We dated for like five, five years, years before we married. Yeah. yeah. All the way, pretty much all the way through college then. Yeah. We yeah. started seriously dating, I guess I was a junior. Yeah. Maybe. And I was a sophomore. And so, yeah. And then it married for 11 years. Married for, married 11, for 11 years. years. But you guys have some fruit from that we marriage do. as well, right? We do. Lots of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> no, we it's, just, it's one piece of fruit, but it's a big piece of fruit. It's a <laughs> huge piece of fruit. Yes. Um, um, we have a five-year-old daughter. Her name's Ever Gray. Um, and so she is, I mean, she's our lifeline and in, in, in all the things around it. But, uh, but we're the house and the family that everybody comes to. So it feels like a lot of fruit. All the kids are there, all the, you know, the cousins, the everybody's lived there. And, you know, we we're just we just this big open door. So. Yes. Your house is like a magnet. It is. The it's kids a magnet. You oh, I love that. So that's what family's all about, yeah, though. Yeah, it is. So tell us then, because it sounds like that ever. Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that she was a motivation or inspiration for what you all are doing now. Right. Yeah, so so I'm, and I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go a little bit further back before ever. Um, so I worked in the financial services in- industry for several years, and I realized that there was just a major gap in understanding when it came to money, especially in Black and Brown communities. And I felt like the the genesis of that problem was that we weren't teaching kids about money. And so um, we started a summer program. It was a, it was a not for profit organization. It was just a passion project. The first couple of years, we were funding it ourselves, mm. and um, every summer we would get students in the community, and we do like ten weeks of financial education. And it was just something that we love. That went really well. I'll save you the details, but organizations start figuring out what we were doing, and that created some partnerships and some other stuff. And so. Um, that was the beginning of a company. I guess the first right. ideas that were like, okay, we could probably make a living doing this. And um, there was a lot that happened in between. And and we started developing digital financial education um, uh, content for Oregon, for schools, colleges. Uh, we're working on some some new stuff now. Um, at the at the time that this podcast actually comes out, we'll have a couple huge announcements. Right. Um, right. So we're really excited about that. Awesome. And so throughout that, throughout that work, um, you know, we, we were happy with the way that things were going, but we started getting um, phone calls and emails from people like, hey, you know, there's some stuff we want to do with our kids at home. Like, how can we be a part of what, we, what you were doing? And we didn't have a good answer at that time because 
At this point, we weren't doing the summer program anymore. It wasn't something that was just open to everybody because we had the organizational partnerships. And I really felt like we were letting the community down because we had started the organization for the community and we were no longer providing an answer to help them if their kid wasn't in a part of one of the organizations that we were working with. We, we weren't doing like any type of in-home right. programming. Right. And, and so now by this time, we had had Ever. And Ever was spending every dime that we had. Every. Not just us, but the grandparents. And and she was spending everybody's money. Everybody. Everybody's yes. money. And we're like, yo, like we got to do something with this. We can't be the money couple with the the baby that's just burning through everything. <laughs> so, um, we we had learned about the save, spend, give method is what some people use, and we're like, hey, they should really all start with the same letter. So we started the save, spend, share model. Mm-hmm. We started out with little cardboard boxes. I think we we took the covers off some uh, Pringles chips. Yeah, we <laughs> so, we like came up with all of these different containers. Her, yeah, we let, let her, her color, color on them. And it, and it went really well. Yeah. And so what that allowed us to do was include her on her purchases. So now you have to contribute. So, of course, we had to figure out some ways for her to make some money. Mm-hmm. And and she loved it. It, it empowered her. It gave her um, a, a sense of independence. Yes. It gave her um, a sense of ownership, like as a two year old. And, and again, you would have to meet our daughter, but she's pretty. um She's a pretty old soul, um, mm. but she was like two, three years old at this time. But she's talking and walking through all of this. And so, you know, we we saw how empowered she was. And we were like, let's try this out with, with some of her friends. And so their you parents. would give her like $10. She right. earned like $10 right. at two or three years old. Yeah. And you would take that $10 and you would help her determine how much she was going to save, how much she was going to spend and how much she was going to share. Yeah. Based on her like her goals, what she wanted, what she needed, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to actually talk through that. So all of this is extremely conversational, Mm -hmm. you know, at this point. Well, why do you want that Barbie? Or why do you, you she would say, I want to go to California. Well, why do you want to go to California? Well, I want the sand in my toes. Okay, great. Let's look at flights. And so that whole like idea would extend to further research, you know, for her. So it was, it wasn't just about money. It was just about the experience of life, but having to teach her how money impacts every aspect of life. And so, but we were doing that through conversation and we were like, how great would it be to share this with everybody? You know, and so let's be honest. It was really if this can work with our kids, it ain't gonna work with anybody. That's that's really what it was. You're correct. That's right. You're correct. It's worked really well. And that became the Super Money Kid Bank that you see in front of you. Super Money Kid Bank. Captain, can you describe what that looks like for them? Wow, it is three lovely boxes that are very colorful, um, and it's very. It has a lot of images on it that I think kids are very, very much drawn to. Not just kids, but but also adults, because I we're drawn to images. We know the images, and so these three boxes, which he says it says save, spend, and share. I really wanted to talk about how did you get her to the share moment and. You know, kids, because yeah. at that age, they You're, might not yeah. want to share so things So sharing is like a huge concept at that age. And she's an only child, so share was not natural, okay? <laughs> um, and I I was tell, I would tell Courtney, like, she's never going to share. She's never going to share. And um, it got to a point, though, she would, um, we would drive by, and of course, we would see, you know, 
folk less fortunate on the side of the road or, you know, with a sign or we would go to church or go somewhere. And she would she would say, like, I want to I want to share, you know, fifteen dollars. And I'm like, well, baby, you you didn't put any money in share. And she would be so disappointed in herself because then it's like I can't do what my heart says do because I didn't plan and prepare for it in a way. So I'm like, you need to start distributing your money based on what things mean to you. And so um, that's when I was like, Courtney, she's actually, she is actually a sharer and a giver, you know, because she, um, she would ask me to do that. And I'm like, well, you know, let's start putting more money in. And so now she makes sure that her share box is what it needs to be for her to extend that love to, to other folks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time she shared something and what that was? Can you remember that? Do you remember? I remember it wasn't actually sharing the money, but the first time I really saw her like brighten up was when we made the donation to the, um, it was the, the place that was off of hard and agape agape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and she loved it. I mean, they they got some toy. Yeah. So ever has a ever has a squad. We call them the tot squad because they are um, they were friends as tots. And so um, what they did was took a lot of their things. You know, um, we called them something. I can't remember, like tot squads first picks or something. Mm -hmm. And so they went through their closets. They went through their toys. They went through um, all their things and they packed everything up and we took them to Agape and. and they were just so extremely excited to. Um, so we had these five little girls, you know, just giving. And then when they understood that, you know, sometimes kids come there with without anything. And, you know, they had things like, oh, well, tell tell her to hold this bear because this will make her feel, you know, awesome. And, you know, see if he can wear, you know, these shoes. They're amazing, you know. And so they make me jump higher. And so they were just really like really in the moment and yeah for that i mean they carried everything in i remember them carrying tables you know like card tape little kid card tables for the kids they to play were like at. super excited they were extremely excited mm-hmm. so Maybe that it sounds was like you guys created yeah. an experience yeah. Yeah. for her yeah we did and and that's what we do with these banks for all families yeah. like and it is so hard for me when i'm first talking to a parent about them and i'm explaining them and I'm like, yeah, this is creating an, an experience. And the parent is kind of like, I mean, it's, it's a bank and it looks nice and we think it's cool. But like, and I'm trying to like help them visualize how mm. their kids will respond to this. And I know they're like, this dude is just trying to sell me this bank. Like this dude coming to the house yeah. trying to sell me this vacuum. I remember I saw that, you know, and, and I'm like, but this, this wasn't the initial sales pitch the initial sales pitch was hey we're teaching kids about money this is a great tool to be able to do it it's a place for their money literally and figuratively right so that sales pitch has evolved through the feedback that we've received from other families right and so so, go ahead no no, yeah that so tell tell us for our listeners then describe the money bank that you all hear for knowledge bank so that what would you tell a parent at this point if you're trying to influence them about educating their children on how to effectively spend, share, and save their money. Yeah, I would start with, look, as parents, we all want the same things for our kids. We want to equip them with everything that they need to be successful in life. And we know that it's difficult because we've all had to overcome multiple things and and figure stuff out and make mistakes. And one of the mistakes that most people make is related to money. Because really, like when you start talking about like opportunity, 
like opportunity is 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 something that like there there's no um we start talking about talent like talent is equally distributed right everybody has talent but when it comes to opportunity opportunity is not and money plays a critical role in you being able to seize that opportunity and and most of us have experienced in some way how money has been a, a barrier to something Right. You wanted to go to a certain type of school, but you couldn't afford it. You wanted to start a certain type of business, but you didn't have startup capital. You wanted to live in a certain neighborhood, but you couldn't. You so money is a barrier to certain types of opportunity. And so what we tell parents is, I know you want to equip your young person for life. Let's develop. Let's plant this seed early. And this is the perfect tool to be able to do that. So this the bank is divided into three sections based on a money habit. There are three money habits, saving spending and sharing. This is their process for managing their money, creating a plan for their money. Adults might call it a budget. We call them spending plans, but this is a kid spending plan. So they get to make the decision on how they want to use their money. So we say we save to create opportunities for our future selves. We spend for our needs and wants, and we share to create opportunities for others. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that's, I, and, and you said the word when you said budget. I know a lot of people cringe, cringe. when they say yeah. budget. I still so cringe. I love the <laughs> When he calls me, he's like, we got to sit down and do the budget. I'm like, not coming home. No, no, I, I like the spending plan because we we all need a plan. We do. You know, with our money, with our, um, you know, with just with our life. Right. And that's so important. So I can receive that a little bit uh, more easy it's more palatable right right <laughs> it's like telling the husband we need to talk right <laughs> he's like running away like oh no not the no, talk no not the talk well i know that money is a very sensitive subject right when you're talking about it with especially with adults but what i thoroughly enjoy about you all is that you're starting these children at a very young age and educating them. And even from that, I could see the domino effect where it's actually impacting the adults as well, or the parents as well. How long has Knowledge Bank been in existence? So we started the summer program in 2012. We launched our for-profit social enterprise about a little over a year ago. Okay. Oh, sounds good. So tell us some of the big wins that you've actually had by having Knowledge Bank. So this is a, so this is, this is the part where like I get a little emotional, I guess. And he's a crier. And, and I do cry. It's okay. And, and I, <laughs> I see you, and my I brother. Embrace I'm with it, you. All right? and, and, and if I'm crying, it's always for something good. Yeah. All right. So these yeah. are good tears. But, um, so, th- so over the last two years, we've worked with, um, about a thousand young people during the summer, about five weeks that we work with some working interns. And we've helped those young people save over um, $383,000 over wow, two years. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and so this, this past summer, um, those, those group of students saved $145,000. This is a, the big, big win. Um, it was the things that they saved for that really moved us because we not only track how much money you're saving. It's like, what are you saving for? Four. Because it's not about saving isn't what makes people wealthy, right? Or saving alone isn't a thing that's representative of good money habits. It's being able to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we teach them. But this summer was particularly special um, because at the when we were kicking off these workshops with these young people, um, that Friday that those workshops began, um, that Wednesday, two days before, 48 hours before, 
um, Tia underwent a heart transplant. Yeah. And, and so this is a huge, I mean, this is the biggest partnership that, that we have um, at the time that we're recording this. And it takes months of coordination. Uh, I mean, it, it normally kicks off right at the beginning of June. We start planning the January before, and we have like a whole team working on this thing. And, and so it is a massive undertaking. It's about 40 different people involved as coordinators, volunteers, uh, curriculum developers. It's, it's, it is a massive undertaking. And so we found out... Um, we like found it, out two weeks prior. Well, it, it so I, about, like was it two or three weeks? No. So I went on the on the transplant list um, two weeks before the actual surgery, which yeah. is amazing. Two we'll get, weeks before we'll get back to that. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so naturally, we're like number one. We weren't expecting to have to go on the transplant list that soon. We knew that it was something that was probably coming, yeah. just the, based on some other things. But we didn't know that it was going to happen that soon. That soon. Mm-hmm. And and so just being nervous and all of the unexpected and having to explain it to our daughter, um, having to explain it to our, our parents. parents. Yeah, I mean, so you can imagine just having like, a function. Yeah. Was, I yeah. mean, you know, it's it's one of those personal moments where you you want to just I don't want to say shut down, but you want to only focus on, you know, me. Mm-hmm. He wanted to only focus on me, you know, and I wanted to just focus on um, that personal moment, but for us to be able to still show up that Friday um, and still be effective, even going through what we were going through personally was um, for me, that was like a, a aha, a light bulb or whatever. I don't know what you call it, but it was that moment that it was just like, Oh, we got this, you know, like we're in this for the long haul because if we can, still be effective when I'm literally lying down having a heart transplant. I mean, it's like, you know, what's going to keep us from, from impacting the lives of these kids. And so, I mean, it was, it was definitely a a pivotal moment for, for our family and our business. So did the students know what was going on personally with you all? They, the students knew. knew, the students didn't know a few of the team members knew because I had reached out to them personally just to surround him with more support and more love and more understanding. And so, because he's the type that would not tell people, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was concerned about him while he was concerned about me, you know? And so it was, so I did reach out to a few folk to tell them exactly what we were going through just to say, Hey, you know, just a little extra love is, you know, definitely appreciated um, as we, as we go through this. So, yeah. Wow. What was that like um, as far as your marriage? Because this uh, had you had any big challenges like this prior? And just how did you handle that emotionally and just being the support that you needed to be for each other? What do you think? Um, You know, we are surrounded by amazing family, amazing community. Um, And so there was a lot of support there. Um, This was a a condition that I had uh, since having ever, I had a postpartum heart failure. So um, this was something that had been going on for five years or four years at the time. And, you know, it was, it, it was difficult, but um, we always, you know, we always made sure to educate ourselves. We all made, always made sure to um, stay spiritually 
grounded. Um, that was that was the source of our strength. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we always made sure to be um, intentional about how we cared for each other. And so we went it was I mean, it was an extremely challenging um, experience to go through. But I always tell people uh, for the circumstance, it was literally the best experience we could have um, because it I mean, it definitely shines some light on 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 our strengths, but also anything that needed to be worked on. And and we're a working marriage. So we yeah we're cool to work on our stuff. For sure. And I and I think that T has always made sure that we had a strong foundation. Even when parts of that foundation may make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like no, like we're gonna talk about the hard stuff. I'm gonna yeah. ask you the hard question. I'm gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you uncomfortable because nothing makes her uncomfortable. <laughs> it's all. It's everything makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. All right. And 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 so that's the way that we've approached our relationship, um, even very early on. And so when we got in this challenge, that was the moment, name of the book we read uh, for our um, the hard question. Pre, premarital, yeah, premarital, yeah, yeah, the hard questions. questions. So it started off with the hard questions. We started off with the hard questions. Y'all just jumped in one hundred of them. Yeah, yeah, and and so, but when you get in these challenging moments, you go back to like your foundation. So we need to be communicating. Or how do you feel? What do you need? What am I not doing right? What are you not doing right? What is this going to be? You know what? You know. So we we were able to cover all of those things, and and then also be vulnerable with each other as well, and so. I think you said it perfectly for the situation. It couldn't have been better than it was. And, and some of that was because kind of that base that we established very early on in our marriage. Um, and I also think that we always approach not, not just that trial, but any trial with the understanding that this is going to be a, a learning experience and, and it's going to result in another blessing for us. We're going through this so we can be uh, a blessing for other people because we know that we're going to be hugely successful and and wealthy. Like we are in expectation of that. We've mm-hmm. experienced that on so many different levels. Yeah. And so when we hit those moments where it's like you know things are a little rocky and 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 heart transplant being okay, that's an earthquake. That ain't even rock. Right? <laughs> this, this, the world is falling apart. All right? How but, many how many years have y'all been married? At- at, at, at that point, how many years had you guys been married? Ten. When, yeah. So you've been married ten well, years. Well, at the at the point of diagnosis, yes. five. Yeah, the point of diagnosis, five yeah, years. We five have been years. Met, yeah. So you knew at some point. Oh, absolutely. It was probable that you were going to need a heart transplant. Oh, yeah. Not a, not initially. Not initially, but probably out of the five years that I actually went through, um, about year two, year three. The doctors told me because initially they were expecting me to make a full recovery. Yeah. So we were so, like, we we're expecting her to get back to normal. Yeah. And, and in yeah. a year's time. And so because typically that's how it goes with with um, the very few women. It's a rare condition. I thought it would. It's be. extremely rare. Um, but for most women, I think about 70 percent or so, they typically return to normal function within a year's time. OK. And so when I didn't, um, they were like, OK, you didn't. Let's give it a little bit more time. Let's add a pacemaker. Let's add a defibrillator, you know, implant. Um, and, and I'm 30 years old at, at the time, you know, with a, with a new kid running, pacemaker, not even running around. Pacemaker. Wow. Pacemaker yeah, at, defibr- 30. at 30. Um, I have a newborn baby that I am, you know, I'm a new mom. 
and um, who who our daughter had sickle cell disease too. So so that all of this stuff. <laughs> and and we found time. we found out about her sickle cell diagnosis and my heart disease um, diagnosis on the same night. On the um, very same night. Okay. Wow. So, but anyway, we we strong out here. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, no, it is that, like we're like y'all doing yeah. this, and then on top of business. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, so we're we're going through all these things. Um, and you know, so we were married about five years at the time. Thought that I was going to make a full recovery. Um, oh, and this, and and so at that point, I was um, at the second year. I think they deemed me disabled, one hundred percent disabled. Um, so you can imagine, I know we're here for knowledge bank. So in terms of, because even in terms of business or in terms of personal finance, we go from, you know, six figure salary to, I don't know what they pay me. Like, I don't know, $14,000 one year, wow. you know, in, in disability. And so, I mean, things, you know, you have some fluctuations and so you have to make a lot of changes or a lot of, you know, you have to adapt. To, mm-hmm. to changes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they, they deemed me uh, 100% disabled. And at that point, I think it was like the two and a half year mark, the doctors were like, hey, your natural heart is not going to last you long. So what were some of the restrictions that you had that you couldn't do by having that? Because I know that had to be pretty challenging. It was pretty challenging. So um, shortness of breath was the main the the main symptom. So you can imagine going through life not being able to breathe is pretty debilitating, you know? And so things like I mean, things like going to the bathroom initially was a struggle, um, an absolute struggle. And so, you know, just being typical household, you know, just taking care of we, typical things. We have a two story home and I did not there go was multiple years that Tia never went upstairs. Yeah, it was that debilitating. It was, where you yeah. could not walk upstairs. It was that debilitating. There are two years where Tia did not go upstairs. I did not go up the stairs. Um, you know, he would have to drop me off in the front of, of of businesses. Like if we were going in somewhere, there were years and times that I would have to use the little um the little motorized carts. Mm-hmm. You know, in stores, even to just grocery shop. There were times that I couldn't even do that. There was times that I just had to order groceries. You know, it was just it was that debilitating. But you know, we did everything that we could do um, on the medical end. We did everything that we can do. Like, cause I, I really disliked being on disability. That was just, that was rough for me. Um, and part of my prayer was like, God, if you can just get me back to work, mm-hmm. you know, just get me back to work and not for the sense of being back to work, but I just wanted to be productive in a way that I felt like I was actually living out my calling, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, it it had me so debilitated that I, my purpose was affected or at least I felt like it was affected. Um, and so I was like, I, if you can just get me back to work, I'm going to do everything I can. You do everything I can't like I this is just not the way that I want to live the rest of my life. And so um, it got better. You know, my circumstance got better Um, from a medical standpoint. Things did not get better, but functionally, I was able to function. Wow! So it was just like a blessing every day, like to be able to get up and to go. And I was like, if I feel good, I'm going to do it, you know. And so the doctor was like, ma'am, your heart is only working less than 10 percent. I don't know how you're doing any of this, but um, I was like, I don't know. Well, I did know. know. I was like, I know, you know. (laughs) I know how it's happening and we're just going to roll with it until it's not anymore. And so 
Um, so I was feeling really good. And then th- earlier this year, it all kind of came to a halt and it was like, oh my goodness. So what happened that, okay, there's nothing else. What happened there? With, so the, so I, I, I kind of like went down. Um, they had one treatment for me that um, it was a, a IV medication and they were like, oh, this'll, this'll give you about six months. You know, and so hearing like, okay, you know, your natural heart is pretty much gone. Um, and this medicine will, will, will give you about six months time. And that was in March of this year or February of this year. That's when you had the peak line. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm having to prepare for lots of things. I'm having to prepare to be here. I'm having to prepare not to be here. I'm having to prepare my daughter for either, you know, and my family for either. Um, we're having to financially prepare for uh, the cost of all of this stuff. If if it goes well, you know, you're having to make these really hard, um, you know, choices and decisions. And so um, they decided to go ahead and put me on the list and um, they did. And, you know, usually that's a long drawn out thing. Right. Um, but literally two weeks after you were on the list, uh, after I was on the list, we got so the call. Okay. Emotionally, you get the six months. Emotionally, what does that do to you? You know, I, I don't think I ever really, and we were just talking about this recently. I, I don't think I ever really like tapped in all the way, like mentally, emotionally. It's like I was, I was tore up because I know that Tia's life had been just such, it had been such a struggle. And I saw her struggle every single day and that was eating me up but then as we got to that point I didn't know what to think I was just like let me just just do whatever she needs me to do let me just be present let me try to be thoughtful um let me try to be patient Mm. which is something that I'm not Mm. and and I know that I'm not and and so I have to tell her like let me know when I'm not being a good husband or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so which I had no problem with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like, we're at a point now where, you know, of course Tia is feeling great, looks good and she's doing everything and, and heart Thank is doing, doing well. And I was like, you know, I think I'm getting to a point now where I am starting to go through the emotional process of it all. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that. And, and so I, I good don't know. therapist, good therapist. That's what I, mean, I keep right? them it's, on, it's, on keep speed. Them on down. Down. Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta have it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cause we're, we're having the hardest conversation mm-hmm. that you can be having mm-hmm. with your spouse, yes. which is, I may not be here mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is the most difficult conversation that you can have as 30 early and, in your early 30s. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. something that you don't think about, mm-hmm. you know, that's never in the forefront of your mind that, hey, you know, in my 30s, I'm going to have to um, prepare my spouse and my child for my absence. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be trying to go to Coachella and right. get a condo downtown. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Well, how has that um I mean, that experience helped you in the knowledge bank. How has that, mm-hmm. you know, moved you guys forward? What what has that done for you and, and the um, the organizations that you're yeah. doing now? Um, we focused on, we, 
So this experience has forced us to um, acknowledge what matters, you know, because before lots of things seem to matter. Mm. But when you are um, when you have to deal with your mortality in the forefront of your mind every day, you realize what actually matters. Right. And so um, even in business, we, we basically just transfer all of those skills to our business. Um, people are like, how do y'all work together? I'm like, how do you not work together? Mm. You know, like how, that's what marriage is. Marriage is work. So even if I, you know, if I'm talking about in my home versus in my business, that looks the same, mm. you know, for us. I know some people struggle with that, but it looks the same for us um, because we just kind of apply those same principles and values. And Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think that that has come out of this is a lot of people put money into the wrong place in life. Mm. Um, they're, they're afraid of it. They're intimidated by it. They um, have these very, these crazy beliefs about, you know, you've been a bad person. If you're wealthy, um, we help people understand that money is a tool that allows you to do and be whatever it is that you want to do or be in life. That's what it's for. That's so all it's for. That's, that's it. And you should be using it in that way. And if you're doing anything else, you're you're doing money wrong. Mm-hmm. And so we've we've had this these um this these near death experiences mm-hmm. where you start to think about all the things that you wanted to do and you didn't do, all of the ideas that you had that that never manifest manifest or, yeah. right while you're here, do it. If you want to be creative, create. Yeah. Yes. So I'm thinking with the heart transplant to you and then with your daughter being diagnosed with sickle cell and all the financial challenges that you've gone through every day is a grind for you all to live life to the fullest. Absolutely. Don't ever take any day for granted. Great. Just based on what you guys are That's telling us. And here with Knowledge Bank, you all are like pushing it. Like, of course, it's the best thing since sliced bread. It is. It is. (laughs) It is because we know that in the black and brown community, this is a huge challenge because we do a lot more spending than we do saving and sharing. Largest Mm -hmm. consumers. Largest consumers in several industries Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. And we find that we don't have the best of credit. Right. We know that our wealth status, uh, when we take a look at our wealth, Black communities are normally the lowest on the rung yeah. when it comes to wealth. Yeah. And so for you guys investing in not only children's but students early on in life, you're creating an opportunity for them to live life to the fullest. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the newest data um, shows that most children develop their financial habits by age seven. And so, you know, it's like, Age seven, are we even talking to the kids? And these habits are, they're confirmed pretty much by that age. You know, is this a natural thing in their households? Do they, do they understand banking? Do they understand investing? Do they, does that, is that a forced situation later in life where you're having, you know, it's like a foreign language to them at that point. Um, And everybody knows it's much easier to learn a foreign language the younger you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we have to be intentional as parents, as family members, as community, as community um, about equipping these kids. Yeah. Well, I'm just so thrilled to have you all here and I am energized. I have a great niece that I want 
to apply. She's seven. Um, so uh, one interesting thing happened to us is that we had her driving. We were in, driving in a car and she saw a homeless person with a sign on the road. And she said, um, uh, Auntie and Uncle, can you all give him some money? And uh, and we said, well, where's your money? You can give your I don't have it. And we was like, well, we'll wait till you get, till we get mm-hmm, your money mm-hmm. because it's so easy for them to bring right. our money exactly. without, you know, yeah. making yeah. it practical for them yeah. to be able to use that sharing part. Right. And so I am um, so excited to be able to share this even with her because it's real simple. It is. is what I like about it, it. It's so simple to save, spend, and share. And I learned principles early on in life. From my father, he really talked about saving and, you know, don't spend it all in one place. And but I, what I really like about this is having that that tangible in, image in front, because I'm really right. I like to touch and feel things. Right. And so that's what I love most about about the knowledge bank. So I appreciate you all sharing this with us. I mean. I'm definitely my niece. She'll be having this, and then we'll be reporting back to you, so you'll know how much <laughs> and she we saved. Right? Right? We'll edit. We'll edit. So, where is Knowledge Bank going? Where do you all see this moving? That is a very interesting question that we are spending some time talking about now. Um, so, I, I mentioned earlier that you know we started this. We were creating curriculum that we're incorporating in the schools and various uh, youth organizations. And then we did this bank and there has been overwhelming support for what we're doing with the, with the bank. And so we're having some conversations about, you know, how else can we expand this part of the brand? And so um, we're in some early planning to do some children's book. Mm. Um, We are already exploring, um, some animated things with this as well. Yes. Um, so we can, we can see this whole um, super money kid theme expanding to becoming its, its own company in itself. Um, but while we're doing that work, we still have new digital uh, programs that are, that are rolling out really, really soon. Um, and, and so that cre- it's going to create some other opportunity. We have a program that's rolling out for post-secondary education. So college students wow. will have access to a self-paced financial education program um, that they can go through the courses and download all the content so they will know, you know how, can, how they can repay their student loans, the different types of student mm, loans, how to fantastic. manage their money in college, employee benefits for once you graduate. So there are about 16 different, top, 16 different lessons in that program. That'll be rolling out really soon. And then we're also in some preliminary development of a financial program that'll go into the correction space as well. So, Fantastic. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So inside of, of, of prisons and jails, some of them do provide online education for inmates. And uh, we're working on getting uh, a new program added to that um, list of programming. And, and so we're... And who knows what can happen with that? So we we have a somewhat of a, a good problem on our hands, and yeah. that, that we think that we have a couple of things that people really want to like, but we want to continue to do work that's meaningful for us and can impact a lot of people. And and so um, we're figuring kind of the next steps out. Kind of okay. As we so go we're right going to hold you guys accountable for making sure that these things come out because it's much needed yeah. just across the board. And I just want to see you guys successful. Oh yeah, I want to see you all win in every, and I know that there's a lot of legs that you all have on here, Mm -hmm. and all you got to do is just continue to strengthen those legs because I everything that you just said 
is needed. Yes. Everything. How do how do people find out more about you, like a website or contact information? How can they get this? And if, uh, if someone wants to order it in their home now, can they go somewhere and get yes. it? Yes. So you can order the Knowledge Banks online at knowledgebank.money forward slash supermoneykids. Knowledgebank.money forward slash supermoneykids. Um, our, our corporate website is knowledgebank.money. You can follow us on social media at Knowledge Bank Nashville. Awesome. That is so good. Okay. I was seeing some of their commercials or some of their ads on Facebook and the one that you guys have with your daughter on there. Oh God, she's so cute. (laughs) And she's using the knowledge bank and you guys teaching her how to use it. And then there's one where you've got a group of kids around you and you're teaching it. And it's just, it seems so inviting and so communal in that respect and they're just learning so much they are. from you all. They're absorbing it mm-hmm. all. Like it's so it's so amazing to just see. But they are they're soaking it all in. Wonderful. And so it, it feels good. Where is there anything that you guys want to tell us before we actually close out this podcast? Anything that we missed that you guys want to make sure that we tell our listeners? Um no, no. Uh, you can start teaching kids early. Yes. Purchase a knowledge bank. Yes. Um, start talking about money. Talking um Things on TV, things you see in a magazine, things you see on a blog, on a podcast. Talk about them. Involve kids in money, however you it's can. It's never too early. And you're never, because um, I know a lot of families feel like they don't know enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of parents feel like, well, I'm not in the best financial situation. I've made mistakes. Teach through your mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. We all, I mean, if we were honest, we all have made, you know, not so great financial decisions. But let that be an opportunity to empower your kids rather than um, to limit them. There you That's have great. it. Yes. It's simple. It's um, it's it's a positive way. You know, I'm I'm leaving it like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Can I do this again? This right. again. Yes. Start over. So, yeah, we just want to thank you again for your time thank and being you. with us. And thank you guys for having us. This yeah, is awesome. absolutely. This is so. This it was very educational for me. And very enlightening that we have a lot of nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews now that could benefit from it. And to be real, we have a lot of adult friends that (laughs) probably use this as well just to get on the right track. And so we have just been so blessed by you all being here, part of our guests, our VIP list here with Knowledge Banks with... Uh, with just what you guys have shared so far. So thank you, Courtney and Tia Hale. And we will have specials for holiday, right? You will? Yep. So it's a great time to it's grab. It's a great time to grab. Grab them, multiples right? for all those nieces and nephews. <laughs> I love and it. Friends. I love it. Well, thanks again. And I'm go- hopefully, hopefully you guys have really enjoyed listening to our podcast, Power Couples Rock. And we did a feature here with Courtney and Tia Hale on Knowledge Banks. Please go to their website, go to their social mediums and find all of the information you need. Purchase their product. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Now, don't forget to go to Power Couples Rock and let's get powered up. The Power Couples Rock Podcast is sponsored by Good Works Imaging, where they specialize in photography, graphic tees, photo prints, photo cards, posters, banners, DVD, picture slides, and so much more. Go to goodworksimaging.net, goodworksimaging.net, where you can get all of your imaging and photography needs met. Thanks for listening to the Power Couples Rock Podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged inspired and supported 
Please listen and subscribe to our other Power Pods as we are confident that they will strengthen your marriage. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. It's there where we can extend these discussions together, take these conversations and your marriage to the next level. Enjoy your day and power.